Three link building mistakes to avoid in 2023 with Debbie Chu. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all in one SEO platform that helps skill your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. Are you avoiding these three key link building mistakes? That's what we're discussing today with a lady who specializes in content and link building and spoke at MozCon in 2022. She has over eight years of experience in digital marketing and is currently an SEO manager at Dialpad. A warm, warm welcome to the In Search SEO podcast, Debbie Chu. Thank you, David. Happy to be here. And also, I love your t-shirt. <laughs> I never argue. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, yeah. It's, uh, for those... Um, Audio listeners, I never argue. I just explain why I'm right. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, the t-shirts are available to order, but um, hey ho, that's the the message in today's show. But yes. um, <laughs> Debbie, you're uh, sharing today three link building mistakes to avoid in 2023. So you're starting off with your number one point, which is you're not thinking like the recipient of your outreach email. Yes. So I mean. When I was thinking about what we wanted to talk about today, I was thinking like there are a lot of things that um, mistakes that people might be making when it comes to link building, but I wanted to kind of group them into these three main ones. So this first one is about the outreach that you do. So what I see is a lot of people aren't really thinking about the recipient on the other side of your email because when it comes to backlinks and getting links, you do a lot of outreach, right? And so it's really important that your outreach is good because that impacts whether or not you get a link. And it's the impression that you give to other people that you're reaching out to. So as you are doing your emails, as you're drafting of your emails, you really need to put your yourself into the shoes of the recipient. So thinking about like what value can you provide them? Because as a as someone who also gets a lot of emails from other backlink um, like outreach people, sure, there, I get a lot of emails in my inbox, right? And there's going to be times where I won't have time to get through every one. Um, there might be some that are very spammy, and like I just don't want to waste my time with that. And so you need to keep in mind like what value can you provide in your email? Like so, for example, if you guest posts on their uh, website, maybe you can share it with like your social media audience. Maybe you have a lot of people there and that gives the recipient a bit more incentive to try to work with you. So you really need to think about like, what is it, what what's in it for the person on the other side? Um, if there's no value, then that person might not really care. So you need to make sure you craft your emails um, that way. And then another thing related to this is that when we get emails, they're like outreach emails, I see a lot of like irrelevant guest post pitches. So for example, like Dialpad, where we are an AI customer intelligence platform. And so if you're pitching something like maybe like, I don't know, why you should invest in crypto or some some random topic that's like totally irrelevant to my audience, you, there, there's no way that I'm going to invite you to guest post on Dialpad. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Why would I spend time to look over your guest post and edit it and then publish it on my site if it just brings no value? And then, but then on the other side of that is that sometimes people 
pitch topics that are just too bottom of the funnel. So like, let's say if you pitch something like how to build a contact center, uh, that's very relevant to Dialpad. And that should be something that our team writes. We wouldn't accept a guest post about that. It's just something that just doesn't make sense for someone else to help us write. Like it should be something that we write. And so this just all goes back to, you really need to think about who is the recipient of your email and put yourself in their shoes. So can, I mean, obviously you have to personalize what you're saying, but can you still rely to a certain degree on a template for an outreach email or should every email be written completely bespoke and according to who the person is and and what you think is most appropriate for them? Good question. I think it it depends. I think one way I would like to I like to look at it is if I'm trying to do outreach to blogs that are very authoritative that like I know that there are a bunch of other people who are trying to email them as well, I would rely more on the bespoke strategy as opposed to a templated outreach. Whereas maybe for a blog that's maybe a little bit, a little bit less well-known, there's like I guess less noise in their inbox. And then in that case, I might decide that I might do a template templated outreach. But of course that template has a lot of like personalized aspects into it in it. That way, ideally it shouldn't sound templated either way, like whichever approach you choose. And the second of your link building mistakes to avoid is you're over-relying on a single link building tactic. Yes. So I see that like a lot of people or a lot of businesses, the main tactic that they tend to use is guest posting. So authority hackers, they did like a study of like, I think they surveyed like 700, over 700 link builders. And they found that 65% of them do guest posting, which I think isn't much of a surprise. Like I expected that maybe even higher. The thing with guest posting, it is, it can be very effective, but it's also in that sort of gray area. So Google wants you to organically earn your links, but when it comes to guest posting, you're pitching topics to a blog, you're writing that content yourself. You know, it's a bit, it's, it's probably going to be a bit promotional and in the end, like Google might feel like those types of links are manipulative. So the problem is like maybe in the future, Google decides like, okay, we're, we don't like this guest posting. Uh, it's just too manipulative. We're going to figure out how to algorithmically like maybe penalize them or ignore them in the future. If that happens, then, you know, a bunch of websites are going to hurt, like they're going to be affected from something like this. And so instead of only focusing on guest posting or whatever link building tactic that has been working for you, I would recommend that you diversify the different types of tactics that you try. So there are other ways to get links, such as like creating linkable assets. So like a compilation of like different stats, glossary pages, research reports is one that I really like to do. That also falls under like digital PR. Um, also like working on your network, just having more people in your space or kind of like not competitors, but maybe p- potential partners you can work with. Maybe I think that will really help increase your visibility online as well as increase the number of links without 
fearing what Google will do next. And when you're talking about creating linkable assets, are you actually also talking about potentially uh, creating an asset for someone else, some other authority within your niche to publish on their site and then link back to you as a reference, as the originator of, of, of the content? Or are you primarily talking about um, a great piece of content on your site and then doing the outreach to get people to link to that? I would say both. So primary, mostly talking about the latter where you create a really good piece of content. So I guess using the research reports as an example, we're going to be publishing a Dialpan and WeWork research report where we surveyed a bunch of hybrid workers to get their thoughts on the digital and physical workspace. So that's kind of where the brand Dialpad and WeWork really mesh together. And so through that report, the goal is to find a bunch of interesting things about hybrid work that we haven't discovered before. Like what are some interesting findings about hybrid work? And then present that to different journalists or different blogs and the goal, the ultimate goal is to get them to feel like this report is really interesting and link back to the report. And so that's kind of the type of linkable asset that I really enjoy doing. And what I really enjoy about that, that you're not only finding interesting, like uncovering new data, you're also doing something that is hard for your competitors to replace. And I think that's also something to keep in mind too, because for guest posting, like, I'm, I can guest post on these blogs and then maybe my competitors, they can check my backlink profile. They'll just be able to guest post on the same blogs and it just becomes a numbers game. But then when you create linkable assets, I think it's something much more impactful. And if you're creating this wonderful linkable asset to publish in your own site, at what point do you conduct the outreach? I mean, for instance, do you outreach when you haven't even started creating the content and actually to a certain degree even involve them in the creation of the content or perhaps ask, ask for a quote and perhaps make them more likely to link back to it? Or is it only necessary to outreach at the end and then obviously just ask for a link at that stage? Yeah, for the most part, for what we do, we prepare the outreach towards the end when we actually have the findings. But I think you could potentially like reach out to journalists that maybe cover topics that are similar or related to what you're planning to work on and see what they think. Like, are there any stats that might be helpful for them that they might eventually want to quote? Um, yeah, so I think that's definitely a, an approach to, to consider. And the third mistake is you're linking to the wrong pages on your site. Yes. So I think when starting out with link building, one potential mistake is that like you might want to focus all your links to your homepage, for example. Uh, but then for your homepage, it typically ranks for like branded keywords. So like for Dialpad, it's the Dialpad homepage ranks for Dialpad. Um, if you keep pushing links to the homepage, it might not benefit your website as a whole. So instead, look at what pages where they aren't ranking for that target keyword and then compare your content with what is already ranking. And then if you can objectively say, okay, my content is better than what is currently ranking, then it's potentially time for you to build links to that page. That kind of shows Google like, okay, this is a not only a very informative page, but 
other people feel like it's informative and that's why they're linking to it. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of one thing to look at. Um, and then another thing when you, after you do after you do that for a while, you might end up seeing that, okay, my content has a lot of links now. It even has better links than what's already ranking. Then it's time to kind of cut back, like maybe focus on something else. So just don't kind of dig into that rabbit hole for too long. You want to step back and also reevaluate whether or not that page still needs links. So when you kind of shared these bullet points with me beforehand and you're talking about linking to the wrong pages in your site, I was actually thinking that you were perhaps referring to the fact that um, different pages can rank for the same terms on your site. Maybe you've got a blog post that um, has been published a couple of years ago and then you, you actually haven't researched the fact that that page ranks for that term and then you've published a new page and you're, you're trying to rank the new page for that. Is, is that a common issue as well? I think for some sites that might be, especially like if you've been producing a lot of content over a, a long span of time. So I think in that case, like, yeah, definitely go back and check like if like, for example, you could do like a site search for that keyword and then see what pages show up. Um, if there are like quite a few pages that uh, you know are targeting that similar keyword, then you might consider like potentially aggregating that page into one page. And then that way you can also redirect um, when you redirect your page, then also those links, the sort of the authority from those links go to this one page as opposed to being spread out across different pages. Great advice. Well, let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? Yeah, so I think really figuring out what is your primary or secondary goal of every piece that you create is going to really help you, you know, spend time on the right things. So let's say for one piece of content, you might want to drive like a lot of top of funnel traffic, or you want to drive links, or it's supposed to be commercial and you want it to convert. There's, these are all like different goals. And if you spend a bunch of time trying to hit all these different goals, you might not hit any of them. And so instead, for this one piece of content, let's try to figure out what is that one main goal, achieve that first, and then look at, okay, next steps. Like, should we now, now that it's ranking, should we try to optimize it for conversions? So don't spread yourself too thin by focusing on a bunch of different goals. Choose one, master that one, and then move on to the next one. Okay, great. And um, I mean, a couple of follow-up questions in relation to that. Is it um, quite common and reasonable to have a primary goal as to obtain as many quality links as possible to the piece? And also, is it reasonable to have a secondary goal to work in conjunction with another marketing department such as social to perhaps have as many as social shares as possible to that piece as well? Yeah, I think it really, it goes back to your business goals, I would say. So if you're trying to create content that drives links, then yes, the primary goal should be, okay, let's make this piece of content link worthy, but not every single piece of, not every content that you publish is going to be for links. Like there are other business goals and you have to create content for those other goals. Um, and then I think you make a good point of like, maybe on the social team, they might have ideas on what works well for social. Like for, for example, going back to the research reports, when we find something interesting from the research report, we can build like some cool GIF 
and have the social teams share that and just drive even more traffic and engagement from social back to our site. And so I think, yeah, making sure that you understand what are the goals of other teams and if possible, finding, you know, what are some common things that we can try to do together um, that just helps the business as a whole. Controversial. Is it a GIF or a GIF? Oh, no. <laughs> it's, for me, it's, it's a GIF, but... That, that that's that that's 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 what the um or, or, original um guy that um i think that's invented actually exactly called it so so i guess that's uh, the appropriate thing to <laughs> you sound <laughs> like you're a bit doubtful but we don't we don't need to argue about that <laughs> exactly exactly it's it's just an argument for the for the sake of it really <laughs> well i've been your host david ben you can find debbie over at debbie debbie thanks so much for being on the in search seo podcast thank you And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com.